Hi, heroes. This is Darian, your resident string player and hopefully your favorite hero. And this is Hero Talk, where we talk about real life and real women in music. Okay, let's get started. Today with us is composer, librettist, and multimedia artist, Nell Shaw Cohen. She is also the founder and director of Landscape Music, which is an international network of over 35 composers and performers since 2015. Landscape Music advocates for music inspired by landscape, nature, and place. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Darian. Uh, It's lovely to be here. Yes. Did you like your little intro about landscape music? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're up to 39 members. 39? Now, so, you know, okay, we have I'll, to update your website in. now. You got to update your website now because I saw... Oh, <laughs> I think it's up to date. <laughs> Depends on... Maybe there's a page on there somewhere. Maybe I was looking at your, um, your website instead of landscape music. I don't know. But I saw... Oh, that's yeah. so exciting it's, that there's more people it's now. It's always changing, always growing. Yeah. I'm so glad. So before we get into landscape music, which I'm super excited to talk about, Can you tell me a little bit about your background as a musician and a composer? Sure. Uh, Well, as you mentioned, I'm a composer, librettist, multimedia artist, so I love working with words and imagery um, in my work as well. And I, you know, I compose a lot of vocal music, opera, song, um, choral music, uh, as well as instrumental chamber music and orchestral music. And, you know, I, I... went to school at New England Conservatory and New York University. And my early background before studying classical music was that I was a rock singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. So I don't really have a class. Yeah, so I don't really have a classical performance background. I'm a very mediocre uh, pianist. You know, (laughs) I don't really play piano. Um, But I think that in some ways that has given me, you know, a helpful kind of perspective and, and way into this music that I kind of bring forward into my classical writing. I love that. So how did that journey lead you to landscape music? Well, um, I, at a certain point, realized that I kept being drawn to composing music inspired by particularly paintings of landscapes. Uh, I was really interested in the work of Georgia O'Keeffe for a while when I was in my undergrad. I wrote an orchestral tone poem and I created a multimedia video piece. And I realized that interpreting landscape through music was something that was really compelling to me. And I kind of came to it through landscape painting. Mm-hmm. So I thought about the the phrase landscape music as a sort of coinage for the musical equivalent of landscape art. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I started seeking out more musicians and composers in this space and kind of uh, inspired by similar things to I, I realized there really was uh, almost kind of a zeitgeist uh, in the air about this. There really were a lot of people working at that intersection of landscape and music or nature, place, environment, uh, and music. And I really wanted to create community around that and find like-minded folks. So in 2015, I 
made the website um, landscapemusic.org as a blog and also as a sort of membership listing of people who I had curated, whose work I felt belonged to be belonged in the space and, and deserved a platform to be promoted alongside like-minded artists because we're all in these little silos doing yeah. our thing. And I think that it's really helpful for us as, as individuals to um, for our work to sit alongside others so that people can discover us more readily, especially across regions and even across countries where a lot of folks' activities might be really centered in a certain region. So um, I wanted to kind of like draw those connections yeah. and, and, and facilitate that um, networking and discovery by the public as well. Oh, that's great. So what is the importance of recognizing the relationship between nature and music? Mm, that uh, there's so many dimensions to that. Mm -hmm. There's uh, artistic dimensions of just honoring the artist's intent and the full scope and capacity of what they do. So I think, you know, there's a lot of differing opinions on how important is it to know what the music is quote unquote about in order to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a range of perspectives on that and all are valid depending on what your individual artistic goals are. I think for me and a lot of the people who I collaborate with, um, having that context is important because essentially my music is a sort of uh, like a film score for an experience of place. And so I really want you to know about that place and so that you can actually Im imagine yourself there or imagine the ideas and themes and narratives that I'm trying to evoke through my music as you listen to it. So I think one thing is, is just honoring and celebrating the thematic artistic inspiration of the work. And I think there's also a political dimension, of course. Um, not all landscape mu music composers would identify themselves as quote unquote, environmentalists or environmental composers per yeah. se. But I think we're all advocating for appreciation of the natural world and um, looking for ways to embody that through the work we do as artists in mm -hmm. public, as composers and musicians, um, you know, recognizing the importance of uh, reintegrating our sense of connection with our environment and our world and uh, our stewardship of, of our planet. Mm -hmm. So you're hoping like audiences kind of rediscover this appreciation for their surroundings through this amazing art form, which is music and obviously other art forms that you've touched on. That's what I'm getting a sense of, at least when I've heard, when I heard about landscape music, which I think is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you touched on this idea of place, which we both know Dr. Von Guan, which is one of her favorite things to talk about, is this idea of quote-unquote place. Can you describe this wonderful idea that Dr. Von Guan talks about? She was on a previous episode here on Hero Talk, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that. But um, place is kind of like this amazing philosophical idea, I think, at least in my mind uh, at times. But can you describe what place means for you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I'm so glad that I was able to connect with Dr. Von Glan uh, around this interest, because I think that sometimes people get a little uh, intimidated or confused by the idea of place because it seems sort of abstract. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, it has to do with 
um, a human experience of a place and the sort of associations and meanings that we create around it. So rather than you're, you might be looking at a geographic location, but you're actually looking at all the cultural and historical and experiential and poetic layers that come with that. And one of my absolute favorite things is to kind of dive deep into place and really immerse myself in all of those different layers and then create music as a response to that. Um, so just as an example, one piece I composed uh, was called Retrace. Um, I wrote this back in 2018. And it's a, a ch an instrumental chamber piece for uh, flute, violin, and cello. And it is a reflection of my experience doing a sort of self-made artist residency road trip from San Francisco to Los Angeles, following the route of the historic, the National Historic Trail, the Juan Batista de Anza Trail, which is, it's not a, a footpath in the sense of a, a typical trail would be, but it's actually a route of historic, um, historic route that was followed by um, Spanish colonial efforts to colonize California for Spain. And so there's all these interesting aspects of that history and places that you can visit along the way to see kind of the traces of that history and reflect on the context of contemporary California in which those things exist. Mm -hmm. And so that to me was a very deep like place exploration because I'm standing, uh, you know, at an overpass in suburban Los Angeles thinking about this, you know, group of Spanish colonial and uh, indigenous people passing through the space and this was their campsite and like that exploring all those layers yeah. for me is what place is about. I love that. And I, I know that's one reason why I really love like contemporary classical music inspired by uh, place and nature. It, I feel like more of the arts that are coming out today are really in touch with this idea of place and really in touch with um, promoting nature in their music. Would you say that statement is true? Yeah, I think there's uh, an increasing awareness of the importance of bringing um, sort of like relevant, timely matters into contemporary classical music, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an environment and place is definitely part of that. Um, and in what ways do you think we could promote more appreciation for nature in the arts? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's... Um, there's a really interesting concept that I, I always like to kind of call back to, uh, which in, uh, was appeared in an article by the dramaturg and director Ben Crywatz, who I um, had the privilege of studying with. And he talks about artists as soul workers. And I really like the phrase soul worker mm -hmm. because I think that gets to the sort of unique ability that artists may have in society, our role in society, um, which is, he, he describes them as, I made a note of this, um, being kind of in the same universe as psychologists and ministers, where we're dealing with the intangibles of the human experience, and that there's a utility in that for people. And so I think part of it has to do with promoting awareness, but also promoting a kind of a healing or a reintegration mm -hmm. of the disconnect between what our human society is doing to the earth and what our inherent biological connection is to the 
earth, you know? So um, for example, I, my most recent piece that I just put the double bar on a few weeks ago is called uh, the fire tower. And I've been grappling with how do I integrate themes of climate change into my music? Because I think I'm not necessarily trying to convince anyone that climate change is important because I think that's something that my audience hopefully knows. Um, But it's, it's about how do we kind of reckon with the reality of climate change and motivate change, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to um, stop it or reverse it or slow it. And um, the, the characters in that opera are a mule packer and a first time fire lookout. And so the, this mule packer works for the forest service and she's guiding a fire lookout up to a fire tower for her seasonal post. And in the course of this piece, the the mule packer is discussing her background as a mule packer. She's multi-generational. She spent her whole life living in these mountains, Mm -hmm. um, you know, guiding mules. And um, she discusses just the the grief that she feels on a personal level from the environmental degradation she sees from wildfires that are out of control that are happening at a level that they they that are not ecologically sustainable and you can relate that to what's going on in Maui right now too oh oh my gosh it's it's relevant unfortunately at any time and and constantly um and that you know that framing of it as that this is a personal issue for this character of the things that she loves and that she's built her life around are being destroyed. And so it's about um, kind of a cathartic experience, I think for the audience to allow them to kind of feel in that moment, that grief that the character feels, Mm -hmm. but to also kind of have the, the healing of seeing the character move through that emotion and kind of come to a sense of resilience of how she's going to move forward with that emotion. So I guess for me, art can be kind of therapeutic in that sense, if it's doing its Mm -hmm. job well, and if it happens to connect with the right audience member in the right moment. So I think that's part of it. And then another part of it is, I, you know, I like to talk about the idea of public intellectuals and how we, we all have the ability to take on that role and decide like, what we're talking about in public and how we're talking about it. And obviously this podcast and, you know, the the hero uh, organization and conference is you doing that, um, uh, taking on that role of artist as speaker and commentator and um, community builder and kind of deciding women in music is the thing that um, brings people together in the spaces that you create and so I think in the same way artists can do that around um, environmental issues and nature and those things can intersect with feminism feminism and I think all the better for it so I love relating like nature and feminism all the time (laughs) yeah and I think all of these things are truly and inherently connected and Mm -hmm. um they we we benefit on on every dimension from bringing those connections to the forefront Mm -hmm. i mean it's called mother nature for a reason i'm kidding but (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) not really there's an aspect but but you're 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 exactly right and i feel like when people come together which is why landscape music is i think really a really cool organization is is 
that community makes the work all the more powerful and can make more of an impact. Um, so what kind of impact do you, would you hope that landscape music can have on public perception of like climate change, like maybe even the political aspect of it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I think a lot of the impact is intangible and can't necessarily be quantified. Mm-hmm. So I, which is, can be super unsatisfying because you kind of want to see did the thing I do yeah. do what I wanted it to do and you don't always know but um you know one one way and I know I, I spoke about this uh to Dr. Von Kahn's class one way I did try to measure that was through audience surveys and I created a very short um audience survey that would be handed out at events for our 2018 um, rivers and trails concert series where we created a program um, basically highlighting and celebrating uh, the um, wild and scenic rivers and national trails, which are two federal designations for different trails and rivers within Mm -hmm. the United States. And um, through that program, we wanted to raise awareness of those designations in order to, you know, further support for them. And also to just let people know about these um, resources, these public lands that we have often in our backyards and may not realize are there, um, because many of these things move through suburban and urban areas. They're not all out in the remote wilderness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we handed out an audience survey I created where it had a number of questions about, um, you know, before this concert, how familiar were you with wild and scenic rivers and national trails? After this concert, how familiar are you with them? And did the music on the concert increase your interest in these things? And we had an overwhelmingly positive response. There was a very clear correlation that people reported between hearing the music and having increased awareness and interest in the trails. And I think that has to do with the quality of the musical presentation itself, but also the way in which it was presented with Um, visual projections with images of the places and program notes and composer introductions where we would speak about the place we were inspired by and demonstrate for the audience our passion for the subject matter. So I think a a lot of the impact is it's carried out through the emotional impact that the music has on the Mm -hmm. audience, but it's also furthered by our way that we present it. And I don't I don't think we necessarily always need to silo those things because I think the way, way we talk about our work can really influence how people people feel about it. Yeah, and I love that you you utilize different art forms like multimedia. Maybe I remember you saying like you have concerts outside and I think these are like wonderful ways to connect with more audience members because I mean, classical music can easily turn into like this gatekeeping, pretentious seeming kind of art form. And without means to connect with audience members, they're never going to understand it. It's something I always talk about with like Hero. Like we love incorporating different types of elements into our concerts. So I feel like I really, <clears throat> excuse me, I really love that about landscape music um, because I feel like something about art in general can really speak to someone on a deeper level, even if it's not tangible, like you're saying. Um, but do you think there are other forms of art? Maybe that's not the right question, but do you think art on some level has a deeper un- appreciation for nature than, let's say, a different area of focus? Hmm. When, when you say a different area of focus, uh, 
<clears throat> Could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Um, like of what kind of comparison you're thinking of? Because there are times where I feel like the the artist will appreciate, have this more spiritual appreciation for nature versus, let's say, the non-artist. And I feel like mm. it's our job to to show that to our audience members. I don't know mm. if you would agree with that statement, but there's sometimes where I feel like this responsibility to, to guide them on this path to be like, this is why this matters. Yeah, well, I think what what you're getting at is, is definitely something that I've thought about a lot, particularly the idea of points of entry, mm-hmm. where I think of music as you know, in its most effective form for the individual who's hearing it. And not every piece of music is going to speak to every individual, but each piece of music has its individual who it will speak to. Right. And I think when it's, when it's working well, the music creates a a point of entry that invites people into the subject matter and creates emotional accessibility for them. So I think um, one thing I sort of like my mission statement as an artist is to take subject matter that can be sort of intellectual seeming or cerebral or abstract and make it feel very concrete and accessible and personally relevant to people through the emotional impact Mm -hmm. of music. And, um, you know, I've mentioned film scoring before. It's almost like we understand intuitively that the emotional impact of a film score that has on a film is immense. And, it can hugely influence your experience of a narrative. And so I think it's the same for concert music, that the narrative narrative is maybe auxiliary to the music more so in a way that it would be in film, but there's still ideas within the music that are being um, built into that experience that the music elevates and creates um, a way for the audience to live within within yeah. in an immersive way. So I think I, I think absolutely like you know some people respond to uh, for example like I wrote a heart piece recently where I was looking at um, ecological relationships between plants and animals, and so I was looking at the idea of foundation species and keystone species yeah. and and things that are ideas from ecology that are you know it can seem sort of dry or abstract. And then I um, essentially dramatize them through instrumental yeah. instrumental music. And so I think that that's definitely part of what we have, um, certainly the ability to, um, or perhaps the responsibility, depending, as you're saying, depending on whether you take it on as your sort of personal mandate as an artist yeah. to do that. And I don't want to, I want to reiterate, if you're not a non-artist listening, you can have appreciation for nature. It came out very wrong, this question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, of course. I know on like hero related concerts, I know I feel like this responsibility as an artist, hence why I created hero to, uh, perform music by women that inspire me and letting that passion come through and those the story that underwrites this passion to be able to share that with people and for people to think why aren't we playing these pieces like why aren't we talking about them what about society has pushed them to the wayside by putting on these kind of performances and I feel like from this conversation you have that kind of a similar under like the same similar outlook but focused on nature which is why I think it's really exciting 
and I can talk about this so much, but it's like the dialogue between performer and audience is so important, I think. And I feel like that's what we're getting at in that when we're focusing on, I'm, my words are so, so eluding me right now because <laughs> it's kind of an intangible thing to describe, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big topic. I know. Because uh, our art, our art form in our concerts and talking about nature, it's such like a deep and personal passion, I think at times. And we're using it to impact people and impact people when they go out into their lives and they leave the concert hall. And that's why I, I love organizations that have missions like yours, because that's the only way to have such a systemic change in people and for people to really see art as something that can that is not just something you go to once in a while and you're like, oh, that's pretty. But it actually has a deeper meaning that can carry on when it, when you go back into your normal day life. And mm-hmm. I hope like through landscape music and music inspired by nature and even music, inspi- you know, by women that we can, you know, see people change their opinions about nature, about climate change and have more respect for it. Uh, I'd wish more people had more, more respect for nature. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, every time I go hiking, I see trash. I'm like, I wish people knew not to do that. I think they know. They just don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, if, if people kind of take on the attitude of stewards and stewardship and we're all stewards of the earth, that mm-hmm. would change everything. But what you're saying uh, reminds me of something else that there's also a flip side to all of this, which is that organizing concerts series and you know conferences and things around you know what we call extra musical content of you know things that aren't just about pitches and rhythms yeah actually draws people in and invites them into the conversation and into the experiences of music that they might otherwise feel is closed off to them or isn't relevant to them mm-hmm. um so like something with landscape music that i i really love is by theming concerts and pieces around places and um, subject matter like outdoor recreation, you have a whole new audience of people who are outdoor recreation enthusiasts, but aren't necessarily devoted concert goers. And they can, you know, with the concert series I mentioned earlier, and also our 2022 concert series, uh, which was uh, themed around Frederick Law Olmsted's park landscape architecture designs Mm -hmm. where he um, designed many of the major urban parks in the United States. Those concerts, um, both concert series, were able to draw in audiences who were interested in parks or wilderness um, and aren't necessarily going to, you know, spend their Saturday afternoon going to a concert of contemporary classical music by default. But that, uh, that heading of here's an outdoor performance in your city park of music inspired by city parks draws people in and Mm -hmm. um, invites them into that kind of music in that space. So I think as much as using our platform to promote uh, these extra musical ideas to our concert going audience, we're also creating an opportunity for a new audience to enter the concert hall or outdoor space or wherever the music is happening. you make a really good point about that. Um, we don't talk about it as much either, uh, at least not in, you know, normal music school circles and things like that. How mm-hmm. creating a common topic with audiences and performers can 
bring in more people, which is why I think performers need to show more of what they care about, like what's important to them. Um, and cause that's what audiences, they want to know the performer. I think personally, <laughs> they want to know what you care about because they can connect on that. If they don't know anything about mm. classical music, if they don't understand pitches or they don't understand, you know, music history or theory, they can at least connect on what the common passion between the two people. And which is why I love organizations like landscape music. Cause if you love nature, you can find something in the music that you connect with. Cause you're like, Oh, they love nature too. I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that clearly, but um, I love that yeah. for what you're doing. Yeah, like the ideal model, you know, this this sort of like model we're trying to avoid is where the music or the art is over here and it's like a thing. And yeah. then there's the audience on one side and the musicians on the other side. And it's just like never the twain shall meet. Oh, my gosh. This, I can talk our, about that forever. I hate it when, when right. performances, they come out, there's no conversation. It's just you bow, you play and you leave. Oh, yeah. And then like everyone's just stone faced and they're like, we completed the exercise. Everyone has fulfilled their roles and obligations. <laughs> I know. And it's so <laughs> and, sad. Yeah, and the ideal is like the music should be a tool through which the artists and the audience can communicate. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the ideal. So I think the more that we can do to change the, you know, the content of the concert to do that or the way in which it's being presented mm -hmm. is always valuable. I think music is starting to become more, more to have more dialogue between performer and audience. And I, I almost think we're behind in other ways. Like if you go to an art show, like the artist is going to talk about it. You know, if you, you, or if you're in a movie, like the movie is the dialogue and then the music supports it. Like I feel like classical music is now starting to follow that same model a little bit, at least from, in my point of view, um, that we're starting to have more dialogue and all these like extra musical ideas that we were talking about are starting to, to come to the forefront a bit more. Um, I think it's a change that's been happening slowly over the last couple decades. Um, that That's of course yeah. my perspective. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to touch on a bit of in kind of a music entrepreneurial uh, kind of, change in direction to what we're how the man am I having a hard time with my words today <laughs> no worries it's probably because no I'm getting over a cold and my brain's still like mush but <laughs> mm -hmm. um relatable <laughs> oh my gosh I know I'm, I'm I'm like keep muting myself every time I have to cough <laughs> oh no no it's all good um uh, so what were the first steps for you creating landscape music like how did it come to be logistically for anyone who wants to start that maybe their own organization for their extra musical ideas mm. I think you know I I wouldn't necessarily put forth my approach as a model to follow because it was very just like organic and haphazard so I'm, I'm sure there are much more methodical growth oriented ways one could do it um, you know I basically identified a few artists who I thought would be good sort of members of this group to start with. And mm -hmm. through word of mouth, they introduced me to people who they wanted to recommend for the group. And then, you know, some of those were born through pre-existing pers personal professional connections I had, and some were cold contacts of people who just found me through Googling or, or seeing my organization and 
into someone else's name. And a lot of um, really valuable relationships within the network have come through those kind of cold contacts, actually. Um, And in terms of, you know, the organization itself, it's actually um, just a very informal project that I put together that we're not at this moment a, a formal nonprofit organization. It's really just sort of uh, a collaborative entity that yeah. exists as a website I created and a bunch of millions of emails. <laughs> so, so many emails. No, like, yeah, there's, so there's no uh, administrative infrastructure, really. It's very um, informal. And so, you know, that's not going to work for every project, depending on its goals. Um, we're not a very growth-oriented kind of uh model where where it's more um organic and just uh, what's the word it's just a phenomenon that is just uh kind of it happens happens through the natural movement the organization happened to you (laughs) yeah it's like I knew I wanted to make a project and exactly what shape that has taken has depended on where I see interest and where people's interest lies like We've had two um, collaborative concert series where we've had these wonderful co-premiere projects where uh, composers will write pieces for inclusion on a program. And then that same program will be performed by multiple ensembles in different parts Mm -hmm. of the country, which for composers is a really big deal because we often will get a, a premiere and then the piece will languish in obscurity after that. And we really love getting repeat performances because that allows the piece to have a further life. And so through these sort of consortium arrangements, we're able to do that. And that has just been um, a wonderful extension of the fact that, you know, this member happens to be the director of a chamber ensemble who can program the concert on their series. And this member is on the faculty of this um, music program at this university, and they can include it on their festival that they're already organizing. And so we're able to kind of pool resources to make that possible for each other. I love that. It, again, it, it makes me think it, it happened to you, which is sometimes I feel like even here it happened to me. Maybe that's the first step for anyone wanting to start an organization. You have to wait for it. You have, not wait for it. It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen when it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, well, and I, I think it's about also seeing opportunities in unexpected places where, you know, you, you meet someone and then you, you see what they're excited about and what they're trying to bring to the table and you respond to that and find ways to form connections of oh I know this person was interested in doing this and this person is interested in doing that and those are complementary mm-hmm. so let's connect them and find a way to build something that's greater than the sum of its parts yeah so it's sort of it's about I don't think it, it's not passive but it's also about being receptive to what is in front of you and yeah. kind of um drawing those connections I, I can easily agree with that you yeah have, you have to be willing to act on the opportunities that come in your way um I do feel like there's an element of like your passions are going to impact what comes your way <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a yeah it might seem passive at times but uh like like I, I still say hero happened to me <laughs> Just why, I, mm-hmm. like, it seems like maybe landscape music happened to you, but it happened to you because you you act on certain things that come in, into your path and into mm-hmm. your career um, and being willing to act on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And sort of connecting those dots and, yeah. and seeing, oh, 
that this person is bringing this thing to me, but I can make something bigger out of it by combining <laughs> it with the other thing or whatever. It's, it's like being like an alchemist, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what? So can you tell us a little bit about what kind of projects are coming up for landscape music for the rest of the year or even beyond? We, we yeah, you know, I don't have anything um, that's announceable at this point. Ooh. So I'll just, I'll say, put a pin in it, you know, join our mailing list. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, that's all I can really say. <laughs> but um, there is there is a 10-year anniversary coming up in 2025, which is kind of mind-boggling for me, as you can imagine. Um, and so I think something is going to come together for that. Um, it's that. definitely still taking shape. So I don't, I don't have anything concrete. So where can people follow the doings and the upcoming projects for landscape music? Yeah, well, definitely uh, landscapemusic.org. Um, I'll post anything there as it comes up. We have uh, a Facebook page and a, a Twitter account or X or whatever. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I know. What do we call Maybe. it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. Um, and we also have a mailing list and you can, um, you know, find all of that on our website. And yeah, I definitely would love people to you know, follow along with the journey. Um, it's the poster, the mailing list things and posts are pretty infrequent because it's really um, landscape music. It's very much uh, a, not a full-time job per se, but a passion project for everyone involved. So mm-hmm you'll you'll it'll be radio silence for a few months and then suddenly it's oh we have a giant concert series with a consortium with 50 people you know so it's it's sort of um you just you know you kind of watch the space and then something will happen um and it's usually something that's been kind of in just sort of bubbling up for a couple years okay well everyone has to go on landscapemusic.org and keep an eye out i know i will um and my last question is for anyone who might want to be involved in landscape music, um, what are kind of steps that they can do to be an, more active in landscape music or maybe add more musicians or composers to your network of, um, of musicians? How, how, how can they do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of joining the network, I actually do have an application form on the website. Um, which is, you know, open to anyone to submit for consideration. Um, applications are considered on a rolling basis. So it's just sort of whenever we have the time to review stuff. Um, and, you know, there's, it's a pretty open uh, membership in the sense that the curation is, want, we want to allow for a pretty wide range of styles and approaches. And there's just some, some sort of criteria of, you know, is music inspired by landscape, nature, and place a core part of this person's body of work? Is this um, not exclusively the focus of their work, but mm-hmm. is it one of, a part of the core of their work? And you know, the, all of that is included in that application form. And if you just you know want to attend concerts or a lot, we actually have a lot of content online, um, complete concert films, con- you know, on YouTube of past concerts. So. Even if there isn't anything coming up, there's a ton of archived material from our other concert series, and that um, can be found on our YouTube channel as well um, as our projects page on landscapemusic.org. Awesome. Please tell me Dr. Von Glan is a member. I feel like she has to be. Well, you know, <laughs> I right now the membership is composers and performers or uh. composer performers, but I have thought about 
creating a sort of advisory board of some capacity. I've, I've told her that <laughs> if that happens, she will be my first She'd invite. Be um, I would love her to be involved in, in some mm-hmm. way in a formal capacity. So <laughs> I know I was like, cause she's, that's how I met you. If anyone listening doesn't know that Dr. Von Glan is what, you know, introduced me to landscape music and you can tell she's really admires what you're doing just by her talking about you in class when I took, you know, her class about, you know, environmentalism and music. Um, so I was like, she has to be a member, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, fortunately it was, you know, if this is an example of what we were talking about with how entrepreneurial things are sometimes just connections that bubble up where it was a number of years ago that one of the landscape music composers, um, Christina Rusnak, introduced uh, Dr. Von Glan to landscape music and introduced me to her. And then uh, it was some years later when Dr. Von Glan reached out to me again um, and kind of had circled back around to it and, and asked me to um, join your class as a guest. So you sometimes don't know where things are going to oh, lead. Yeah. And sometimes you, you'll plant a seed for something and it will take a while to bloom. But you, you know, oh, I mean, of oh, you always keep, keep an open mind. Yeah. That's what I like to tell people who ask me, like, how do you go about networking? And I'm like, there really, for me, there isn't like this set plan. It's about being a nice person, being willing to have conversations and to follow up with them. I mean, cause you, you can't force an interaction and future projects with a person. Um, and it's yeah, like, you're saying, it's like, a you never know when something's going to come back around. That's why you just have to be a nice person <laughs> and you mm-hmm. have to be willing to have conversations with them. Uh, and uh, I love and it's that. Also, so, yeah, absolutely. And I also think there's something about it of thinking about, I mean, and I, I'm not like, I don't consider myself the master of networking by any means, but I think that the relationships that have been the most meaningful for me, it's often thinking about, what can I bring to you or how can I contribute to your work mm-hmm. um, more than it is about thinking about extracting something oh, yeah. from someone or finding like mutual ground on which you can build a collaborative relationship mm-hmm. or some sort of professional acquaintanceship that might be a small thing, but it leads to something bigger. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's like about, it's about seeing what people are doing and finding um the connection point more so than it is about what do you have to offer me, which yeah. is like, it's such a, it's, it's so easy to fall into that extractive mindset, you know? Well, and I think um, those are the networking situations that people talk about that don't work when you're thinking, what can I, what can this person offer me? I mean, I feel like the best thing you can do is what I meant by like kindness is being very open and being able to show your passion and let that passion be what guides them to want to talk to you about their own passion and letting mm-hmm. that relationship blossom whenever it's going to blossom down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone yeah. wants everything to happen now, 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 but that's not necessarily how it's going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes people just don't have space in that moment to take in what it is you're doing, but um, you can still kind of, you know, make an impression or, or kind of like have, have something land with someone that they come back to mm-hmm. later. Yeah. So this is a perfect example for anyone listening, how in a roundabout way, Dr. Von Glan, Nell, me and other people somehow came back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I wanted 
that's pretty much all the time we have but thank you so much for you know coming and telling us about landscape music and telling us about like this amazing project you have to bring awareness to nature and music yeah thank you so much for your your interest and and for being you know so invested in landscape music i really appreciate it and um, before we hop off i just want to mention that um for anyone who's interested in hearing more of my music um there's an album coming out in the next few weeks, I don't have a, a date yet, but I think by the time this podcast comes out, it will be out um, by Skylark Vocal Ensemble um, in collaboration with Juventosity Music Ensemble and guitarist James Moore. And they recorded um, a live, it's a live album of my cantata called Sauntering Songs. And that piece is um, I consider it to be landscape music. It's definitely heavily connected to experiences of place, mm -hmm. but it's a, an hour-long cantata of songs and choral pieces um, engaging with the idea of walking and individual experiences of walking in public spaces oh, I like that. Um, as a sort of act of self-actualization <laughs> and self-expression. And I think, um, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, environment and feminism and how it all intersects yeah. and this piece has a lot of social justice themes as well as themes of landscape and place so for folks who are interested in vocal music and that sort of thematic mm -hmm. universe um, that uh, that'll be out on Skylar's website and all of the streaming platforms Fantastic. Spotify um, Apple all that well, good stuff be sure to send me those links and I'll put them in our episode description and I, uh, yeah. this is so up my alley though I love our women composers and women composers who are inspired by nature that's something I'm deeply passionate about to the point where I, I want to like focus on it for my treatise <laughs> my doctorate mm. I'm listening to like oh, that's awesome I'm listening uh right now to like a violin concerto I don't know if you know the composer Stephanie Boyd but she has this violin concerto called Vermilion about like the Scottish countryside and it's like totally something I'm like diving into right now because I visited awesome. Scotland and I'm like oh, I want to listen to music inspired by Scotland <laughs> Yeah, if you want to like go to Scotland and do a research project oh, around it and like walk amazing. around listening to that music. And <laughs> it's, there's yeah, just something so that. magical about music being able to literally take you there. And and I almost can like picture myself in Scotland again and be like, oh, I'm back. <laughs> mm, yeah. So And you're able to connect to the subject matter on, from so many different ways and so many different levels. Yeah. It's much more deeply meaningful. And knowing like, being able to read about why this composer was inspired by this certain landscape or this place. And it's just, I find it so magical and so moving when you get to get all those background pieces of information. Oh, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, oh, it's awesome. Oh, that you're so passionate about it. You go down like yeah. the Libby Larson spiral about all her music inspired by nature. Mm -hmm. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of it was course. lovely to chat with you today. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see what Landscape Music is going to do next. You left this big question mark about your <laughs> upcoming projects. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And look forward to seeing what Hero does next. Thank you. And I'll thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Bye.